Love and Watches is a podcast for male and female watch lovers alike. Perpetual Girl and Ranch Racer are a watch-crazy wife and husband team, bringing you the latest in news, gossip, controversy, and anything else that matters in the world of watches. We hope you enjoy the show. Hey, fellow watch lovers. Welcome to Love and Watches. This is your host number one, Ranch Racer. And this is your host number two, Perpetual Girl. And this is episode 20, which is part two of your questions for Love and Watches. So welcome. And we're really excited to talk about your questions, listener questions. And we're actually in the middle of a big tropical it's storm crazy here. crazy outside. Right now. So hopefully we'll keep power. <laughs> that would yeah. be good. Yeah. And it's warm at least because we call this Pineapple Express. So it's coming in from the Pacific. Yeah. But it's packed with wind and we're a little nervous about more trees coming down because we had some near disasters last storm. Yeah. So... And lots of rain. I hear, I hear an alarm. Oh, oh that's the Seiko. That's that my was your wrist that's check. my wrist check. <laughs> that's good I timing. Love it. <laughs> good so, timing. Should I just do the wrist check? Let's do. Re- <laughs> <laughs> that was classic. Let's, I had this timed for something else, and hey, I might that's as well. Awesome. Let's so, do wrist checks, and then we'll, we'll jump into housekeeping, and then get into questions. Okay. So I'm wearing a uh, circa. Perhaps 1970, 72, or 74 Seiko Belmatic. And it's one that I picked up on eBay for, I think, about $125. Just came back from our jeweler for maintenance. Maintenance cost for this model was, uh, and it was working when we brought it in, but it was $225 for the full overhaul. So this is good to go for a while we know it's nice and lubed up and we can run it and not worry about it so yeah so um it's blue it's got a blue dial i've posted it on i believe i posted it before i'll post it tonight and it's got a really super easy to set alarm and it's actually a bell and i just love 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 this watch it's really really special to me yeah and if you guys want to see how it works go to the youtube channel that's one of the first videos that i i posted up there was uh was this watch and how it works and the alarm and all that fun stuff. So definitely go check that out. Yeah, it's got some uh, some funky orders of things, kind of like a Casio, where you have to push something in to do one thing and then pull it out to do another. So it, and you have um, to wind the alarm separately. Right, you, the, it's a non-hacking movement. So the winding function actually winds the uh, alarm bell. Yeah, it winds the separate spring for the alarm, mm-hmm. not the movement. You can only, it's non-hacking, non-manual wind. And you set your date by pushing um, the alarm set button in. Yeah. But to set the day, you have to go back and forth between 11 a.m. and 1 a.m. Yeah, there's no um, quick set day. Yeah, but yeah. it's, once you figure it out, it's really easy to do. And this, I think this is going to. It's a super fun watch. Yeah, I think it's going to live on my wrist for a little while. I'm glad we got it when we did because they've really gone up. It's in, insane. In price. Well, this is actually the Oyster Quartz model. It looks exactly like the Rolex Oyster Quartz, right? Uh, band Same case with the and yeah. case, band, domed bezel, and proprietary lugs, so you can't put anything else on it unless right. someone's invented something uh, other than. But it's got a really nice bracelet. Uh, there's really no reason to put it on something. Yeah, else. and it's adjustable, so it's um, it might be yep. a little snug, but. Well, we got you know, micro I, adjustments on there. I expand and retract, so. <laughs> <laughs> nice. 
All right. So what about you? What are you wearing? So another blue dial tonight. I'm wearing my Oris uh, Carl Brashear chronograph, uh, which was away for a while at Oris getting serviced almost right after I bought it. There was an issue with the reset, mm-hmm. the chronograph reset, but it's working great now. And it's been back for eh, probably a couple months now. Um, I'm, I'm, I think I'm probably hated by the bronze loving community because I, yes. I don't let mm-hmm. it get really tarnished. <laughs> you, you don't, you don't like to it. let your precious yeah. metals tarnish. Yeah. We've talked about that before, but so I keep it nice and shiny and new and I, it is, it's just a really, really cool piece. It's a good size piece. I think it's a 43 millimeter. Um, I have it on the factory leather bracelet. I right love now. that bracelet. Or, I'm it's, sorry. Uh, strap. It's beautiful. Uh, it is, and it's it's nice, and it's obviously got the the bronze buckle. And I had it on the blue a blue um, Haviston for quite a while, like a not corduroy, but like a material type strap, uh, which looks great because it perfectly matches the dial. So I like it on both, but I've been back on the on the brown leather yeah, the strap dark, for a while. The dark chestnut brown really makes mm-hmm. the blue pop, and the brown looks beautiful with the um, bright copper color of the bronze which oh he's demonstrating the bezel nice bezel action i could turn bezels all day (laughs) sometimes i hear a noise and initially i'd be like what is that i'm like oh Oh, he's over there turning his bezel (laughs) (laughs) okay moving Uh, on all right so that's (laughs) that's wrist checks we're a little punchy today (laughs) we are we've been trapped in the house and just leaving, leaving for, you know, very specific animal yeah. duties and keeping everybody happy, but everyone's locked up. Getting you know, soaking keep wet. Being protected from the tree. Even yeah. the dog is. Yeah, you can hear the oh, secretary she walking around. Away. She's leaving. Uh, all right, well, let's get to some housekeeping. So, big week. Obviously, this is um, SIHH this week. It's been going on for three days now. Um, I'm on overload. I, I am too. I just I can't keep up and. We don't, you know, our, our blog is not really for reporting this kind of stuff, but I, I look at all the rest of them and there's just tons of stuff coming out. Beautiful, some good, beautiful, some high bad. end. Yeah. Very high end. A lot of high end stuff. Um, well, each show has their own target market. Yeah, they do. So. Uh, there, but there's some cool stuff coming out. Actually, one of them I'm going to, I'm going to talk about. Um, so yeah, SHH, so that, that's the big show going on. We've all been waiting for show season to start to see what everyone's uh, going to come out with. So not going to talk about any of the releases, but if you guys haven't uh, haven't checked it out, definitely go check out what's uh, what's going on at SHH. Um, I wanted to give a shout out to Eldora Dunes, uh, who's actually we're going to be actually answering his question today, but I wanted to thank him because he cleared up. We had we had talked last episode about the Stova Classic Fleer 36 millimeter, and. It has, I thought it only had the automatic, but it, you actually can get it with the Etta 2804 uh, manual wind, which is cool. So Eldora Dunes, thank you very much for letting us know. And I wanted to get that out to to uh, everybody else. And then uh, the last little bit of housekeeping, again, related to last week's show. The last question that we took was uh, from Aggressive Timing Habits, a good friend of the show. And the question was around our grails. And because of SIHH, I have a new grail. Yeah. Uh-oh. Uh-oh is right. 
and it's more it's kind of one of those do i maybe, need to start digging in the couch cushions well yeah it's one of those maybe someday attainable type stuff like a royal oak or a longa um and that's the listener dan freak x um if you guys listen to two rogue watch snobs you've heard kaz talk about the freak for years he loves it uh, and rightly so it's an amazing amazing watch basically the entire gear train on the freak is on the minute hand so that the minute hand is basically made up of the gear train and then the counterweight is the escapement so your balance wheel the, i think the cheapest one was like 40 grand or something so they came out this year excuse me with the nardan freak x which still has the escapement and the balance wheel as a counterweight on the minute hand but the gear train has been moved kind of back behind the hands so in the center there so it's not the whole gear train's not moving on the minute hand so it's been less expensive to produce it's still less as expensive as like how well it's still up there like with the royal oak like i think it's the blue the blue version's like twenty one thousand or something so it's still very expensive that's a yeah um, that's a down payment for a house yeah in a lot of places <laughs> yes but like if i was looking at something like a royal oak like in that price range someday this would be right up there. I mean, they're just, it's just amazing. The craftsmanship and the, the technology that goes into it. It's super, super yeah, it's cool. It's very unique. Yeah. Very, very unique. So, yeah. So I have a new, a new grail. Is that technology similar to the Rassance? No. Rassance is totally different. They've come out with some new watches. And they have a new watch this year that I noticed is very similar to color-wise they to three. the Panerai. Yeah. So they have the Type 3 which is the the oil filled like the super highly domed oil filled and they have a white dial now so there's that right one. the white dial is very much like the panerai colors that must be yes. a, a trend for yep and then they have a type it's very casual yeah they have a new type one called the type one slim which is a little bit um thinner case from the original type one and then they've got now their official production type two e-crown which is combines um some electronics behind the mechanical movement it's still a full mechanical movement but uh i get and i don't know all the tech behind it but it can actually be automatically set so it will automatically set the mechanical movement yeah it's pretty pretty amazing amazing tech so um dog get over uh, here our Come secretary on, is acting up get over here and lay down yeah she's totally everyone's been trapped inside lay down yeah down, she's please. going crazy if you want to continue talking, I can go get her a you-know-what. And... Okay. So anyway, that's um, that's the results. Um, I think that's probably it for the housekeeping items. So let's, let's go ahead and jump into the questions, shall we? Yes. All right. So the first question for part two of our listener Q&A comes from watching SRQ. And there's actually, uh, watching has a couple of questions for us. So the first question, and again, we're going to read these in full. You guys took the time to, to ask them. So I'm not going to cut them off. We're going to read the whole question. So first question from watching SRQ, do you consider ongoing service and repair costs when you're looking at a new piece or just figure you'll cross that bridge when you come to it? I'm considering a Grand Seiko 9F Quartz as my first true luxury watch, partly because of the 50-year recommended service interval. My heirs can worry about it. 
<laughs> rolling on the floor laughing. I'm really enjoying your down-to-earth approach to the watch rule. Keep up the great work. So thank you for the kind words That's watching very this. Nice, very nice comments. That. Uh, I think, well, so first of all, I wouldn't even hesitate on a, a Grand Seiko 9F Quartz. I mean, you're definitely not going to have to worry about maintaining that thing unless it breaks, unless something happens to the movement. But you're not going to have regular service intervals or anything for that. I think for us, if if I truly thought about it every time we bought a watch, we'd stop buying watches, right? I mean, because we've acquired most of our most of our mechanicals like in the last three to four years, right? So we're kind of going to... We're on the maintenance honeymoon right now. It's like when airlines buy new airplanes. Yeah. I, I mean, I think the only time I've ever thought... Probably the only time I really seriously thought about it was when I bought the Grand Seiko. Because I know that can be a very long, laborious wait. It goes back to Japan for a service, uh, I believe. Unless unless the East Coast Service Center, if it's just basic, I think they can handle In it. In Miami, the new one? No, no, that's a, that's a boutique. I, I'm not sure where their service center okay. is. But, but yes, watches need to be maintained. It's just like your car. Yeah, and I... I guess it's pretty much we'll cross that bridge when we come to and it. And we actually I mean, have a podcast related to that that's coming up. Yeah. So and there's actually up. there's I mean, actually another a lot of really good information. Today we have two service question. questions that we're going to get to. This was the first one, but then yeah, next week's podcast we have a special guest and we're going to talk a lot more about servicing. So um, definitely tune into next week's show because we're going to get a lot more deeply into servicing right. and all that. But on the stuff. surface, I think. When you're on eBay and you're looking at a vintage watch, you need to make sure that you know whether it's been serviced or not recently, Real, like honestly serviced. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, for sure. And that's, I think there's a question. Uh, yeah, there's a question down near the bottom here that we'll get to that talks about service intervals and that kind of stuff. So we'll definitely talk a little bit more about that. Um, but I think just as it relates to this question, if do we think about it? Not really. You and know, every watch don't. is different. You wear them at different um, amount of times. So yeah, if you're keeping them inside your house and not winding them, or if they're on a winder, you're you're burning the green time on the watch. That's another yep. situation. Totally. If you're keeping it out in an area that's not insulated where it's cold, you know, Who these knows? are all maybe it's going to wear out the lube faster. I don't know. Right, because the, the lubrication in the yeah the movement is yep definitely a thing. Uh, okay, so s the second question from watching SRQ, how do you prioritize purchases on the wish list? Long-term, short-term budgeting, prowling for the right deal, a watch's role within the collection, or undefinable instinct? Uh, um, probably a little bit of each. I think usually if their watch is under $500, we tend to if we see it and it's you know the budget allows for it we just pull the trigger there's not a lot of you know a lot of soul searching or you know we just right but we do discuss any purchase between the two of us as a yeah. married couple we discuss purchases totally. usually over a hundred right so we have that kind of mutual agreement yeah, but if it but usually if it's like five hundred or less, there's not a lot of shopping around or thinking for months on end. If we like it, it's you know, and we and the, and the budget that month allows for it, we buy it. Correct. So we do have our own budget, and we yeah. maintain our finances, so we know where we're at all the time, and we're always talking about watches anyway. Constantly. So we kind of know 
we know where we're at. So it's kind of like, oh, you know, I really like this new blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And um, kind of like the Trasca. Have we talked about the Trasca? Yeah, that was, uh, I did a wrist check on the Trasca a couple uh, shows yeah, ago. Yeah, so that was another one that you had expressed interest show. in and really loved it. So at one point I said, I think you should really get that. Yeah, when the Grey Dial came out. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And I think as you get up like into the thousand dollars and more that that requires, we definitely, there's more planning We're there. We're a little bit more thoughtful in those purchases in terms of what the watch is. We're also you know, a little the, more sentimental too. Like yeah, let's make it a um, marking stuff. a special occasion. Yeah, for sure. And then obviously anything over that is usually very long-term planning. Um, you know, when you get up into the multi thousands of dollars, which I'm um, not even thinking about that right now and it's so hard at you know fi- at 50 years old. i mean to prioritize the wish list it i don't know about you guys but for us it changes all the time right as new watches come out stuff gets taken off i mean I, my wish list for a long time there was like 50 watches on my wish list oh there goes the seiko again Oops, sorry um and it's been dwindled down i normally have a running wish list probably of i don't know five to ten watches and it changes constantly and the priorities change too. Things move up and down and that kind of stuff. Um, you know, in terms of prowling for the right deal, depending on the watch, if it's like, like my Seikos, a lot of my Seiko divers, I definitely look around to, to find the best deal. Sometimes it's Amazon. Sometimes it's like, uh, like Mark at, at Long Island watch. So definitely look around. But what I actually wanted to talk about was the last two roll within the collection. That's definitely something that we think about more. Because for a long time, we just, if we saw something, we just, boom, we liked it, we budgeted for it, and we bought it. But lately, and there's actually one complication yes. you've been really wanting to add to I would collection. really love a moon phase. Yeah. And I know there's a lot of quartz moon phases out there. And if you can hear the crinkling, I'm, I've got a little ice pack on my, my hip, <laughs> my hip surgery, which is all good. So the moon phase is something that I'd really like to have because we're out in the country and it would just really add to, you know, our collection and my enjoyment. So looking yeah. around, it's not easy to find an affordable mechanical moon face. There's some like Longines makes one. Um, and there, there's a few that are. How affordable do you think the lowest Probably around 2000 I would guess. Right. So that's a, that's a lot of, that's a big difference between a, a quartz and a. Oh, sure. Of course. Automatic. Yeah. So that's just what you want to think about. Do you really want that complication in automatic? Is it an heirloom? You know, it could be just for the right person. It's something yep. that yep. would be perfect for your, your family or heir, your, your heirs. And I, I feel we're moving more into that, you know, what, what the role within the collection is going to be. Like, I'm not just buying diver after, I used to buy a lot of divers, right? I'm not buying diver after diver. I'm trying to be a little bit more thoughtful about my purchases just because we have so many watches and we're starting to sell some. Um, you sold your Christopher Ward, Trident mm-hmm. GMT. Mine's up for sale right now. Um, so we're... I'm dreaming of a Explorer 1. That's uh, the goal right. with selling. Explore two. You already have Explore two. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. Um, We're a little punchy here with this rainstorm. <laughs> yeah. But but we are starting to think more about the role, like a brown dial. That's something I've really been looking at lately. I'd love to add a brown dial to my collection because I've got, you know, black dials and white dials and blue dials and yellow dials and orange dials. We've got, um, 
And you so, wear a lot of, of earth tones, which would be really nice for you. And yeah. there's a lot of nice vintage watches mm -hmm. that you can get in brown dials. There's actually yeah, that I, new Seiko uh, Retro, the one yes. that we, we had bought as a gift for our neighbor who turned 80. Oh, yeah, yeah. And there's actually yeah. a brown version of that, I believe. The Recraft. Yes. It's not sold anymore, but you can still it's find not? them. It's mm not? -mm. No, they're not doing them anymore. But you can still find them, I think, new, like on Amazon and some other places. Yeah, those are beautiful. But so anyway, we, we're we starting to think more about that. And I think undefinable instinct applies to everybody. I mean, we're all, if you're a watch lover, sometimes you just see a watch that you know you have to have. You're not sure what it is about it, but it just speaks to you and you know you have to have it. So um, I think that's that's definitely part of it. Do we do we get this? I think. Well, and I had some I had some notes here when we were talking about this question that, you know, of course, we discuss our watches all the times all the time. But um, if something pops up, we think about it more seriously. And you have to kind of think about your your fiscal, you know, responsibility, responsibility. in life. And yeah. how are you in this port? You know, everyone changes, you know, month to month. And, you know, things happen and you have things like trees falling down and etc. So we um, also are trying to kind of focus on what we have already. You know, sometimes it's like, yeah, even if, if we could add to the collection, we want to really enjoy what we already have. And sometimes I'll sit, I'll just take a minute and look at my watch box and, and really, you know, oh gosh, I remember when I bought this and, you know, I have, I have quartz and automatic. So mm -hmm. we'll go through and look at, you know, all of them and just kind of try to get reacquainted with, with everything again. Yeah, and I mean, for for longtime listeners and followers, you guys know we we have a big, we both have big collections, and it gets to the point where you just can't spend enough time with with everything that you have. So, like I said, we are starting to sell some stuff off, and we are getting to be more thoughtful about this about the watches that we add to the collection, uh, and I think that's really that's going to come out more and more this year. I think last year was the crazy year 2019, even though I only got four year four days in before I bought the Traska 2019 is going to be a more subdued, thoughtful year. Mm -hmm. We're going to focus on loving watches. We're going to focus on getting more watches in for review so we can talk to you guys about those. And that's the other thing when you're doing watch reviews, your watches are just sitting in the, Correct. in the box, not getting yeah, worn. It's, so uh, we're out and about and, and they Couture just take time. time is coming yeah. up again. So Yep. yep. There's a lot of new stuff out and Yep. So I, fun. I hope uh watching SRQ, I hope that answers your question about how we uh kind of go about our purchasing. You wanna read the next one? Um sure. So this one is from Watch My Pint. And this person says, What's the best twenty millimeter lug watch under five hundred? Which that's a really good Big question. It's a, I don't even know how to really answer this question. I mean, I thought about it a lot. So number one, there's lots of watches under five hundred dollars, and number lots. Number and two, twenty millimeters like the most common it's lug a size. Very common. You can so you can get just about any twenty millimeter. You can get any leather strap, any NATO, any bracelet. That's yep. such a great size. Yeah. So I mean, I. So starting from there, I don't know if we can really. <laughs> give you a watch and and again it's not just there's a lot of watches but you know number one 
best is very subjective, right? What's best for me is not going to be best for you or best for perpetual right. what's, girl, what right? What style of watch do you want? It's it's just like buying a car. Yeah. What's your lifestyle? Do you want something dressy? Are you in um, a diver? Are you in fleeger. construction? Are you in uh, a tech role in a in an office? Are you in politics where you need to be polished or you know there's so many different things it's just like it's just like buying a car like i, I couldn't have a a jaguar one living in the country because i need a dually truck yep so you just have to look at all those different things but um there's a lot of really good brands to look at that cover all of these totally. things and one that that we particularly love is seiko I mean, we could almost do a podcast about Seiko. Well, we will eventually. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, but I I mean, if you look at Seiko 5, there's so many offerings within the Seiko 5 collection. Absolutely. Right? And those and are and some of those are, are under probably, 100. Yeah. And most of them are probably 20 millimeter. I think most of them are 20 millimeter lug. Um, I love the Prospects line, but they're bigger. And I think they're 22. Most of them are 22 millimeter. There might be some smaller ones, but most of the Prospect divers are 22 millimeter lug sizes. That's pretty close to 20. Yeah. But the Presage line is great. And I think most of those are 20 millimeter. They're, they, but they lean more towards the dressy side. So again, it depends on what you're looking for in the watch. What you're, How you're going to be wearing it. Is it mm-hmm. an everyday watch? Well, our, and our baby tuna that you got on sale was under 500. Yep. Actually, that was two. What was it? Two fifty. Yeah, it was that was half off. That but again, the, that's a big watch, and it's a twenty-two was, millimeter lug. Oh, it is. Okay, it is. Yeah, okay. most of the prospects are the twenty-two millimeter lug. Um, Monster is twenty. The Monster, yeah, that's the older. That's the Gen One, and that's a twenty mil. So there, I mean, there's a Seiko. It's hard to go wrong. There's a ton of great watches. But talking that about would Presage, this category, right? right? Presage versus Monster, completely totally opposite, different. Yeah. polar opposite. Totally different. So um, Citizen, obviously another wonderful brand to look at, both quartz and mechanical. They have a lot of stuff in 20 millimeter lug size. I don't have any specific uh, brand or uh, models that I want to talk about, but it's always good to look at them. And then there's a, a bunch of great micro brands. I mean, I could talk for hours about all the micro brands, but you know, just some that come to mind, Traska. If you're into dive watches, it's it's a great dive watch, 20 millimeter lug. Notice, which we've got a couple notice uh, contrails in for review mm-hmm. right now. Those are 20 millimeter. Amazing loom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Dan Henry, Dan Henry, man, those are great. I love Dan Henry watches. Both quartz and mechanical there as well. Yeah, and he's he's got a really diverse collection. Yeah, yeah, he does. So, I, I mean, I would love to be able to just say this is the best watch at 20 millimeter for under 500, but there's just no way. I, there's we need so a style. many options. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, definitely DM us if you, if you, you know, watch my pint, if you'd like more information or if, if you want to clarify and if it's a dress watch or a diver, oh, yeah. you know, let us know. Cause I'd be, I would be totally happy to do more digging and actually recommend some specific models. Um, but yeah, let us know if it, if you're looking for a diver or a, Flieger, a dress watch, or a cool chronograph. You know, if you want a chronograph, there's some chronographs. Most of them quartz for under 500. But um, yeah, totally. We're both totally happy to talk more about that. So, um, all right. So I think that's probably good for that one. Should we move on? All right. So our next one is Hurric- Hurricane Artie. Hurricane Artie, yep. 
Would you rather have a pre-ceramic no-date sub or the Tudor Black Bay 58 and the roughly $3,500 difference <laughs> to spare for another watch? <laughs> uh, well, so there's a couple different ways to answer this and question. And we, we love both brands. Yeah, we do. Um, if we didn't already... So we've, we've got the the uh, uh, pre-ceramic two-tone, right? The the um, roller serve, the bluesy, yellow gold, correct, bluesy. Which is a smaller and size, that's a date. naturally. Yeah, that's the date. And then we've got the newer uh, standard black, no-date sub, the maxi case. So, I mean, just looking at what is already in our collection, you know, we, I, we'd go for the Tudor for sure. I mean, we don't own a Tudor yet, and we've talked a lot about it. I like the Black Bay 58 a lot. I, I'm kind of, I'm a little bit burned out on Black Bay only because they've focused so much on that collection in the last like three years. I'd like to see Tudor focusing on some of their other collections like the Pelagos. I think that really deserves some attention in the next year or two. I'd like to see them do that. But but the Black Bay, there's some, I mean, I love the two-tone Black Bay. And the 58 is just that great kind of old school Tudor Submariner look. Mm-hmm. Great size at 39 millimeter. Did they no do crown the sh- guard, which I, oh, which I like that look and that's of the something no that crown I guard. noticed. I just want to interject that that one has a crown guard and one doesn't. So mm-hmm. the, having the crown guard chain, totally changes the feel makes of the watch. Makes it wider. Yeah, yeah, it makes the watch feel better. And, and when I wear our old uh, bluesy two-tone versus the Black Bay, or I'm sorry, the um, Submariner. That Submariner is so huge on me compared to that. Right. Compared to that uh, older watch. So for me, being a smaller person compared to my husband, you know, it's it's tough with the size, you know, but I'm getting used to it. So it's, you know, as we evolve with our watches, you know, initially there are certain watches that I didn't like and now I love right. them. So I you know, prefer the pre maxi case as well. I like the more slender lugs. I think it's a little bit more finished. I, I, I agree. So I think. So if we okay, so now if we didn't have the Rolexes, yeah, and we don't we want to be careful because we don't want to interject just our opinion. Like I don't want to say this is good because I say so. That's not what no, we're. This is just that's our, not what we're here to yeah, do. This is all subjective. We're just but... kind of telling our opinion, and every you know everyone likes what they like, and everyone has a different size wrist, mm-hmm. etc. So, so if we didn't, let's say we didn't have the subs, and we were looking at a nice dive watch, would you still look? <coughs> excuse me. Would you still look at a pre ceramic no date Submariner or? would you lean towards the 39 millimeter Black Bay 58? You know, I'm not sure. Because when I when I was looking for a black dialed watch, I liked the Explorer 1 and I liked the Black Bay um, 36. Yeah, totally different. Well, they're, they're actually pretty close. That's like close an Explorer in... type watch, whereas Correct. these are full on But I'm divers. using it as kind of an analogy right. where... I, I love both and they're very similar and they both have their, their, um, it's Pluses a very, sim- yeah, they, they both yeah. do. So it's kind of tough. And I, I really almost would have bought the, uh, Tudor because of the price, but then you found one that was a great price of the Explorer and you surprised me with it. Right. So that was kind of a, a surprise for me as a, a gift. Yeah, this is this. But it's twenty two years old. 
I have right. to add that. It's 22 right. years old, so it's not new. So right. uh, pretty close in price. Um, if your budget doesn't allow you to buy something, then you really shouldn't buy it. Of if course you, not. If of you're, course not. Correct. And if you, if you can afford the tutor, get the tutor. If you love it, get it. Yeah. And, and that's, I keep thinking, what would I do if I didn't, if we didn't have the Submariners and that tutor, it's so, it's so tempting because again, it's a great size. It's got that old school vintage look to it. 70 hour power reserve. I mean, it's a fantastic movement, you know, and it's so much less expensive, but I, I also am just a big Rolex fan. I love the sub. My problem would be, I would want, if I was going to go pre ceramic, I'd really want to go pre-ceramic and I'd want something old school, even smaller. Um, that kind of has the look of the Tudor Black Bay 58 and I can't afford one of those Rolexes. So it would probably, mm. I'd probably go with the Tudor. I think I honestly think I would, if, if we didn't have the subs, I think I'd probably go with the two. If you could find it. I mean, you Tudor right now, you can't find the 58. You can't find the GMT. It's becoming like Rolex, which is just oh, no. ridiculous. Oh, boy. I didn't yeah, know it's, it's, it's ridiculous. But I think I would, if I didn't own either, I think I'd go with the Tudor and pocket the 3500 bucks, and, you know, save up for another watch. So, or use it for something else fun. Yeah, like another watch. Or a bathroom. Or another watch. <laughs> 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 All right, so I hope that uh, answers your question. So, oh, and not, just a little bit before we move on, the um, the champagne dial two tone Tudor. Yeah, I love that one that they awesome. released last year. That is gorgeous. So that you could afford, gorgeous. you could afford to buy the Tudor fifty eight and that two tone, probably for the cost of a pre ceramic no date sub. So. I mean, Tudor makes, it makes a really good argument. I've said it before. I hate the marketing. I hate the branding. I don't like their brand ambassador well, stuff. Yeah. It's ridiculous, but they do make really good watches. And, you know, considering you could get a couple really nice Tudors for the cost of a no date sub, that's probably what I do. And probably the av availability. And right now, maybe you might <laughs> want to get them now because you, you, you might you oh, can't. it's the same. I mean, you can't. The GMT is unobtainable. I think the 58 is unobtainable right okay. now, but maybe so they're all, starting to come it's in. It's all but, the same. Problem. And that's it's it's really angering a lot of people because Tudor is supposed to be that brand that, you know, if you can't afford a Rolex or can't get a Rolex, that that's why Tudor, that's why that brand was founded. And now it's the same darn thing. And it's just, it really. Ugh, I find it to be really me. sad because right now there's a big boom. In a lot of countries, U.S. and other countries, where if you want to spend $4,000 on a watch, I think your dollar means just as much as someone else's dollar. Mm -hmm. And if you want to buy one, if they have them, they should sell them and they should make them and make profit. But there's a lot more to, that goes on economically. Yeah, there is. And that's, that's and another I'm naive. show. It's another show. but Even though I come from finance and yeah, all these so other... I say... Get that 58, man. If you can find it, get that yeah. 58. It's, it's, yeah. That is a cool watch. It's, it's a tough one to beat. Size, so that's the bottom line. Price. Do it. Yeah, I would say, <laughs> yeah, go for the tutor, man. All right. Uh, so last question. This is actually going to be a, a bit of a shorter show this week. Um, 
And our, our last question, again, is around service. And this comes from Eldora Dunes, who, uh, again, let us know that you can get that manual ETA 2804 movement in the classic Flieger 36 from Stova. So uh, Eldora Dunes' question is, when it comes to servicing watches, do you guys service only when things go wrong? service only certain watches regularly and the rest only when necessary. My watch collection is still small, but I'm wondering what happens when a watch collection becomes large like yours. Um, so again, we, next week's show, we're, we're going to talk a lot about this, but I think there's, so there's two, there's two schools of thought, me. right? There's two schools of thought with servicing. Um, the first school of thought is, follow to the letter the manufacturer's recommended service interval. So if the manufacturer says five to seven years for service, get it serviced within five to seven years, okay? The other school of thought is if it's not broke, don't fix it, wear it until it needs service. Once it stops keeping good time or it starts having little issues, go in and get it serviced. Now, for me, I think for the most part, if it's a newer modern watch, I'm going to be in that second camp. Because, again, there's no way I can afford to service all of my mechanicals within. Mm-hmm. I'd be servicing them all like within in a year or two, and there's just no way. Lubricants have gotten so much better these days. I know people that have had watches for 20 years and have not had to service them. Now, that's not necessarily what you're going to get out of your mechanical. Right, and vintage watches are a totally different story. Well, and that's, that's where I Very was going different. to go. When we buy a vintage watch, if we can't afford to service it right away, it sits and does not get worn. We don't wind it. We don't wear it. Doesn't, yeah, because <clears throat> it can be very difficult to get parts. And especially if a watchmaker has to actually make the part, that's going to get super pricey. So for us, if we buy a vintage watch, it either goes in immediately for a service um, or it sits until we can afford to get it serviced. And they range from... You know, it could range from 150 up to three or $400, depending on the right. watch. It's, it's just like anything else in your household. It's like, okay, so how important is it for you to wear this watch right now? Yep. Not important. Wait. Um, let's do this one now. Let's do these now. Let's wait till summer, blah, blah, blah. I mean, you you figure out what your, your routine is. Yeah. And if it's broken, of course, you, you don't, you know. You just don't wear it until you can You don't wear it. it. Yeah. And if you really miss it, take it in, get it serviced. But I guarantee you it's going to cost at least $150 yeah. minimum for service. So when you're, you know, for me, purchasing something on eBay, like the Belmatic, I got a great price on it, $120, $112, I think I paid. Mm-hmm. It was 225 to service, and yep. the watch was not broken. Right. I serviced it because I had no idea of the history. So when you... Start looking at watches on eBay. Keep that in or mind. anywhere, any used watch. If you buy a used vintage watch, get it. Get it. My recommendation is get it serviced. And some some sellers are very reputable. Some you don't know where they're coming from. Yeah, so and, and if you, you buy, just don't know. So like from we bought your Rolex Explorer one, which can be considered vintage. It's 1997, right? So it's 22 20, years yeah, old. 20, but we bought that from Tourneau. All of those go through a service where they get lubricated and, you know, checked out. So we don't need to service that. But if you buy from anywhere and there's no service history or the seller can't tell you when it was last serviced or you don't 
trust what the seller's telling you, whatever it might be, don't take a chance. Just get right. it. Sir, even if it's working, get it serviced. There's no reason to not do that. And then you end up with a broken part and a super right. expensive or, repair Or I bill. guarantee you they'll open it up and it'll be just gunky and yucky. Yeah. Yeah, so so for vintage, that's that's our approach on vintage. We always either get them serviced or don't wear them until we can afford to get them serviced. Now, if you buy uh, something from like a local jeweler, like an estate sale, uh, Rantracer bought me a beautiful Hunter half Hunter wristwatch, nineteen oh six. I think we talked about it yep. before, yep. and it was um, serviced before they put it up for sale. Yeah, so in that case, we knew it was serviced because it's a local business and we know their process and they told us it was serviced, so we trust it and it, it works great. But but again, it just if you're not 100% sure that that watch was just serviced before it was sold to you, get it serviced. I just, that that's my recommendation. On modern watches though, and I'll use Rolex as an example, if you... If you service that watch in that, you know, five to seven year period, let's say you service it at year six and it's still keeping good time, whatever you take it in for service and it's, you know, $700 or whatever, whatever it's going to cost six or 700 bucks for service versus the same watch that you wear for 15 years. And then it starts keeping kind of bad time. Your service cost is very likely going to be the same. Now, obviously you've got inflation, right? So it's hard to say six to 15 years. It may be a little bit more money, but what I'm saying is they're going to charge you the same, whether they have to replace one gear or six parts in there, right? It's going to be the same charge. They have a set factory uh, service charge for a regular maintenance. So in that case, that's why I say just, you know, at least, at least for us, we're going to wear them until they start keeping noticeably poorer time. And it's, and it's a basic cost benefit analysis. Yeah, you know, exactly. if you, if you do it regularly, you can add it up. And if you, if you wait 10 years, you know, it could be less than if you add it up. Yeah. Know, regular it, service. It's so just not... You just never know. And it, and it depends on the vintage. Yeah. And you I'm not talking about the if it's broken, obviously you got to get service, right? Correct. My Oris was broken. I had to get service, but if it's just, you know, starting to not keep as good a time and you've demagnetized it or your local jewelers demagnetized it and it's still not quite keeping as good a time, you know, maybe it's time to get a service, but I just don't think for us, it, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to be religious about following the, the recommended service intervals. I'm going to wear my watches when I notice they're not keeping time as well. They will probably, I will schedule them to go in for service. And then you pick and choose. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we are going to have, we're going to kind of get to that point where a lot of our watches are going to start needing service and we're just going to have to space it out. And and then you, you know. look at the value of the watch. Like I have, I have several Invictas that I love and I think they cost me about $110. So if it costs 125 to maintain it, to do a service, maybe you just buy a new one. I unless might, it's but unless, unless it's, it's my two-tone that looks just like my bluesy with the Donald Duck on it <laughs> from Dis the Disney branded, then I will service it. So you never know. So what if, let me ask you this, what if it needs service and the service is going to cost, you know, that's Seiko NH35. So let's say the service is going to cost a couple hundred bucks. What if you can buy the same watch again for a hundred dollars? To me, it doesn't make... There's nothing that sentimental about that watch where it would make sense to spend an extra $200 to service the movement when you could buy a new one. 
If it's know, that important, less. I could buy a new one and then donate another one. Yeah, it's the old one. So these are the games you have to play, right? Now, the other thing is I'm I'm taking some watch except classes. Donate, except donating it. I don't know that watches I don't nah, know that you cuz it still would need service. Yeah. yeah. So exactly. It's, so that's not very nice. No, it's a tough one, but I I think uh you know, one thing for us is I'm learning how to service movements. So pretty much all of our Seikos, I'm going to service those. So the only cost to us is going to be my time and, you know, if, if they need any parts and then oil and grease. So any of our kind of less expensive, simpler movements, any of our um, micro brands that have like Seikos or Miotas in them, a all sort of so the all NH35s those. and all the Invictos have the NH35. Yep. So those I can service. Um, if you love watches and you've got a big collection, you might want to think about learning how to service your own watches because that can save you a ton of money. Uh, and that's what, that's what we'll be doing. I'm not going to service our Omegas or Rolexes or that kind of stuff, but you know. Well, and that's a whole other podcast. What? The servicing? <laughs> of Omegas and oh, Rolexes. Yeah, yeah. And... But that's, I'm just saying that that's, you know, I wouldn't feel confident to go in and do that because I'm not a watchmaker, but I've, I've taken several classes. I'm signed up for another one that you guys will hear about next week. Um, you know, so if you're going to, if you're planning on building a big collection, think about investing, you know, I've over the years, I've invested in a lot of the tools that I need to be able to do this. So I pretty much now have all the tools I need to service my watches. So, um, this is many years along here. Yeah, no, exactly. So it's kind of fun. So that's for us. That's kind of how we're going to handle it. So vintage service now, um, modern service when it needs it, and any of our kind of, you know, Seiko powered or Miyota powered watches, I'm going to serve. And even some of our Eta, like Eta stuff, uh, twenty twenty four. That's not a hard movement to service. Salidas, um, you know, pretty. I think pretty much any of our like sub thousand dollars, sub two thousand. Well, and also servicing. We used to use a lot of watch winders. And we love our watch winders, but if you aren't wearing that watch frequently, don't burn the green time on the watch, which is a airline term. You know, you don't want to, you don't want to use it because when you've got it on a, a winder, right, you're basically wearing it. So if it's something that you don't wear all the time, keep it in a safe place inside your house, nice and warm. Yeah. And if it doesn't have too many compl- complications, then you don't really need to have it on a winder. Yeah, I think, and we're going to have an upcoming show to talk about winders. Um, and again, we, we've got several winders, um, but I think because the collection is so big, we're trying to keep the wear on our watches to a minimum. So if you only have a couple watches and you wear them all the time, keep them on winders. Or if you've got a perpetual calendar or a moon phase or something that's a lot more complicated yeah, something to that's set, tricky, a pain in the totally, butt. Totally, keep, to... keep it on a winder for sure. But just be aware, if you keep your watches on winders you're going to wear the movement out sooner, right? It's working. So it's going to, it's, it's gonna like wear you're wearing them. So, yeah. So it, for us at, at this point in our collecting adventure, it doesn't make sense to keep our basic three handers or even, you know, three hundred day dates um, on winders anymore. Cause it's just, it wears them out quicker. So, so anyway, thank you for the question, Eldora Dunes. And that actually wraps it up. We have, mm-hmm. this is a much shorter show than the last few, which is probably a good thing. Is it only an hour? I'm hungry. I'm getting hungry. I smell dinner. I do too. So why don't we wrap this up? So just to kind of, to wrap up, just the wrist checks, 
PG is wearing the really cool Seiko yep. alarm Bell- watch from the 70s Bellmatic. that we just got I'm pretty serviced. excited about it. I'm Super gonna, fun. I think I might uh, sleep in this one tonight and it's, use it's the alarm. Yep, it's a fun one. And and I'm wearing my Oris Carl Brashear chronograph. I love that. Bronze. I love that original band on it. It looks really good. It does. It looks like on the on it the really brown makes leather. The, makes the blue dial pop. I think it really matches it. Yep. It's a good match. Totally. Uh, SIHH, check it out. Just go search for oh, it's everywhere. SIHH 2019. <laughs> you can't if you're on, yeah, if you're on Instagram, you you're can't seeing avoid this it. Stuff. So definitely um, check that out and. And go check out that You Loosen Our Dan Freak X. It is super cool. That's definitely on my grail list. <laughs> Not my thing, but hey, you know what? My better half loves it, so. All right, guys. That's it. We are going to go eat. Uh, as always, please follow us. Go check us out on Instagram, at Ranch Racer, at Perpetual Girl. And of course, the show account is at Love and Watches. That's the important one. Make sure you're tagging us. Make sure you're using the Love and Watches hashtag. That announcement's coming up really soon, so stay tuned for that in the, in the next uh, couple weeks. But definitely be tagging us. It's going to be the pretty much the easiest way to win something on this show, so <laughs> definitely tag us. Um, check out the YouTube channel. We've got some new stuff coming out soon on the YouTube channel. And as always, just thank you very much for listening. We appreciate it. Uh, we love having you guys uh, listen. We're having to the a show. lot of fun. We always tell you we're having fun, and we really are. We we enjoy we enjoy doing this, and we always look forward to recording. And we're enjoying getting the show out every week. So we hope you guys are too. Um, so with that, let's wrap episode twenty. All this right. is Ranch Racer, and this is Perpetual Girl. And you guys stay safe this week, and we will see you next time. We'll see you for episode twenty-one. Thanks, everyone. Bye.